Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman alongside me today, as he will be for the remainder of this uh, two-test series, if you can call a two-test match um, series a series, is uh, ESPN Cricket Face George DeBell. We're looking back at the second day of the first test match at the Bay Oval in Mount Monganui, a day when once again Joffre Archer showed he's got wheels, but in a slightly different sense from day one. We're looking back at day two. And you're listening to the following on podcast. So, George, 144 for four New Zealand at the end of the day, where England were bowled out for 353. And I'm not sure if it was a penultimate over the day, maybe the one before that. But Joffrey Archer just reminding us that uh, what we saw at Lords, Steve Smith, uh, we can probably expect to see time and time again. And there was a, an unwelcome element to the fact that Henry Nichols this time bore one on the side of the helmet. His brother, Willie, is a press guy for New Zealand. He's actually sitting behind me and in front of you. And it's just another reminder that it's pretty serious business out there. Yeah, uh, genuinely nasty moment, I think. Mm. I just think everyone's attitude to that sort of incident has changed since mm. the Phil Hughes tragedy. And uh, you don't want to see it. And it looked bad, but hey, uh, all of the initial uh, prognosis looked quite good, didn't he? He carried on, he got in line next ball, brave mm. lad. Uh, you do wonder about whether he'll be there in the morning, though, whether the, a sub, um, concussion substitute might be used. But we'll see. I mean, let's hope he's all right. But, yeah, as a reminder, that even on these sorts of wickets, I mean, this is a docile wicket mm. that Joffre has a very fast arm, very uh, unusual action in some ways, or quite hard to pick up anyway. And, uh, yeah, it really took everybody by surprise, that, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, we can hope that Henry's OK. He actually looked as fluent a batsman as we've seen in the, in the two days that we've watched so far um, quick to attack and picked off anything on his pads strong on the cut um, and a good battle with Sam Curran as, as well I thought yeah I don't know about as fluent as anyone I, I, I thought Kane Williamson looked 
utterly untroubled until he was out. I mean, it was it just came from absolutely nowhere, didn't it? I thought Ben Stokes looked fantastic as well. Look, I think it's a very good, well, a very difficult wicket for bowlers. There's nothing there for bowlers. It's not exactly easy for batsmen because it's quite slow. Yeah. So they have to, to work to get any, any runs. You get this quite attritional brand of cricket. But uh, really, bowlers have had to work incredibly hard and um, they've had to frustrate batsmen out. When nearly every batsman who's been out has owed their dismissal really to a bit of impatience. Mm -hmm. They've been frustrated out by the bowlers, haven't they? Yep, I'll go with that. Well, let's uh, look back at day two, starting with story of the day. The famous line from 86, 87 was England couldn't bat, couldn't field and uh, couldn't bowl. Now, if you were to write that headline, You'd say couldn't bat, couldn't bowl, couldn't field and couldn't use DRS. It's become such a huge part of the game, isn't it? And just like during the summer when we saw Tim Payne's woeful use of it, uh, New Zealand again today, and I'm referring back to the Tom Latham incident when he was uh, given out a leg before wicket, although it seems to have hit it, following on from yesterday uh, when again they didn't review a court behind decision against Rory Burns um, is it becoming too big a part of the game or do we just overblow it a little bit because we're journalists I think there is a bit of that look I, th I do think it's a reminder uh, so Latham today he was given out leg before he could have reviewed it and he didn't and he didn't because he obviously didn't know that he'd hit it and it is a little bit of a reminder of that old cliche mm. oh you know when you've hit it is nonsense mm. we see it happen all the time that the batsmen don't know that they've hit it and a, a reminder I'm not a massive fan of Kumadam Cena but a little reminder that it is difficult if the players don't know that they've hit it mm. how can the umpires so you know I, I don't think it's a massive deal and actually I quite like the sort of tactical part that it adds to the game I think it can add a bit of drama even when everyone in the ground is watching on the scoreboard and you're waiting for an LBW decision look the game's always changing that's okay it doesn't get better or worse it just changes and I think it's added something a bit different a bit different to have a you're about to be speared by a tractor what a way to go that to be would fair, be it's been quite a slow news day that would give me a top line <laughs> that would be our story of the day if only we had started this podcast 10 minutes later you could have been speared by the tractor you'd be dead if only. and the story of the day would be me talking on my own crying because yeah, I'd be quite could you imagine you're seeing that suggesting oh well uh, you're suggesting I should take one for the team there <laughs> I'd be calling your wife I'd be saying you might want to sit down got some bad news oh you've seen it on the TV well, it's 5.40 she's probably asleep to be fair you well should, that's she wouldn't then. thank you for waking her <laughs> uh, player of the day it's got to be Sam Curran doesn't it oh does it you've got a first baller well, yeah, was, well that's my that was going to be my ball of the day before Joffre I think it's the fella just standing next to us I'm not saying that because he's standing next to us that means we've got to go to the press conference probably Come on. should it's Tim Southey by the way Saying I don't have war pace. <laughs> um, no, I think it is. I, think it's, no, I definitely don't, I don't have war pace. Um, yeah, it's, I guess it's, it's something you, you, I guess, comes with a little bit of experience where you sort of know your game. And um, we, we sort of managed to get it swinging here. And I guess we're training myself for a lot more dangerous when it is swinging. And managed to get a few in the right area. And, um, and once you grab, once any, any, guys that's played test cricket when you do grab a, a wicket or a two um, there is a chance to, to be able to sort of put the foot down and try and grab a couple more and as I say we've got six for six for I think just over 100 today and it shows you how quickly things can turn um, that's why I think that's it's so exciting to not tomorrow and have the game in, in a bit in the belt. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. OK, where were we? Player of the day, I was suggesting Sam Curran. He was uh, speaking to uh, the press just a few moments ago and uh, you were thinking Tim Southey. He was just speaking. So it must be one of those two. Um, OK, the argument for Tim Southey. Well, it, the, oh, the tractor's back. <laughs> it just won't leave me alone. Look, he's... Yes. Oh, it's weird. Do you think you might think I'm a potato? He's trying to plough me. If the spear doesn't get you those massive tyres, well, okay, it's off. Tim Southey. I thought that the um, wicket offered nothing to bowlers when he was on it, and uh, he managed to get several very good players out. But basically, um, I just thought he was quite clever. He gave them very little, and he asked them to do things, and they got impatient, and he took. Wicket, so I thought he deserved five. He would have had five if New Zealand could catch better. Mm. And the thing, anti-current, not anti-current, but the, the reason I'd say not current is you got one LBW which the batsman hit and one wicket, obviously the biggest wicket, uh, when the ball reared, which was just kind of fortunate or unfortunate for the batsman. Um, and I'm just thinking that, you know, in terms of merit, Southie maybe deserved it a wee bit more. Fair dues. Um, I thought both swung the ball yeah. and... Sam Curran could have got Nichols out later on in the uh, day. It was one that swung, beat him all, all ends up. He was on the drive. Um, but yeah, no, you're probably right. And if Jeet Ravel, who definitely isn't player of the day, had taken that catch, Southie would have got a Pfeiffer. And we probably wouldn't have, you know, even had this opportunity to discuss, you know. But that's, that's good because it turned out to be probably the best bit of this whole show. 
Yeah, Jeet Raval. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but he's had an absolute stinker. I mean, he, he's yeah. dropped a catch. Which Actually, you know, I tell you what, let's wait for that because okay. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. There right. is, of course, mistake of the day. <laughs> he may feature, uh, but for now, it's shot of the day. There was a beautiful on drive from Stokes' first over of today. Mm. Um, there was a, an exquisite Joss Butler. Um, boundary as well. They were two that came to my mind. Henry Nichols was a straight drive against Sam Curran. Mm, any other shots of the day? Well, a couple. There's a Kane Williamson punch through point that was all sort of cover, which was pretty much perfection. Mm. I thought Ben Stokes looked in fantastic mm. form, and he guided one to third man, which mm. looks a bit bread and butter, but it was such a good... I mean, he completely nailed to within, like, two degrees where he was hitting it. So I thought he looked good. For drama, I suppose, but uh, Joss Butler's six, which finished ah. on the, the roof of our media tent. That might be my, my lull of the day, although there wasn't much laughing. It was more f- shriek of fear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was glad the roof held. It would have uh, landed exactly on Ali Martin's head. <laughs> lull of the day. Well, actually, it was a lull of the day, wasn't it? Because uh, that six from Butler, which you so beautifully described... <laughs> He, he hit it. I think it might, I'm not sure who it was. I think it was Simon Wilde. Just said it's coming this way, and then there was a pause, and then a a thud. I mean, he slapped it, didn't he? And uh, that ball, if there hadn't been a roof, why wouldn't there be a roof? Uh, we'd all be sunburned to death. <laughs> we really would. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was kind of a lull, but um, quite scary as well. Well, it's a reminder of how well he hits the ball. I mean, in the last year or so, the people I've seen hit the ball furthest probably him and Chris Gale mm. you remember that ridiculous game at Grenada where they both scored you know, massive scores uh, they noticeably hit the ball 10-20 metres further than every other batsman uh, which is weird you can see with Gale where the power comes from yeah. he's obviously a huge muscular man with Joss I don't know it, it, it's obviously bat speed and timing as much as anything uh, but the ball really really travels doesn't it hey but I was going to go for another moment mm. I was going to go for the moment he was out actually because you've got Mitchell Santner. Uh, that, that's a very good call. Okay, so Mitchell Santner is, being the nice fellow he is, signing autographs for mm. kids. But he's actually gone over the boundary rope and he's gone over the advertising hoardings. Uh, and Because and, he's going the extra mile to be a nice fella. Mm. And, to, you know, it's, it's that sort of ground, festival ground feel. But then he realises he's a bit late, so he has to jump over the advertising hoardings and skip back inside the ropes. All this while the bowler was running in. Yeah, and I know that uh, uh, one of the organisations, I think it's Wisdom, have said that, suggested that it maybe shouldn't have been allowed. It should have been maybe uh, uh, various issues they suggested. I didn't have any problem with it. I just, you know, if you, we don't want to crush people who are signing autographs for kids, do we? Well, no, but it's actually a valid point because if he's off the field and he was stationed or should have been stationed at deep point, bowler's running in or just before the bowler runs in Joss Butler looks up sees there's no fielder at deep point well did, yeah I think he, no but you could you that could, is that is very think, much a, you, what you see a, a case you could make if if Butler had pushed that would be his argument wouldn't it he would have said to the umpire hang on well, I just aimed the ball there and when there was no deep point fielder and then hey presto suddenly a 12th man's run on and taken the catch I think and you can read into this what you like. That's the sort of argument that David Warner might make. It's not the sort of argument that England and New Zealand would make when they're playing one another. Look, I'll say again, you see fielders quite often take a step behind the ropes before they walk back in, yeah? Mm. Nothing wrong with that. So, And we don't think that's particularly leaving the field of play. It's not like nipping into the dressing room, getting a rub down and coming back out, is it? Mm. I'll say again, he's, he's signing autographs for kids. He's not 
He's not trying to deceive Joss yeah. Butler. He's just trying to be a nice fella. And I, I don't know, let's not make the game so legalistic. Let's nah. not make it like premiership football, yeah? Uh, that's fine. Jared used to touch me a lot as well. He just touched my arm. Um, it's fine, both. There's, um, I love this ground because not only is it in an industrial estate, yeah. uh, not only is it not far from Tauranga Airport, which means you see planes taking off and landing all day. Do you remember Brewster's Millions? Yes. And the, the, they used to play baseball, didn't he? Yes. And there was, they had stoppages in play as the train would, ru- would drive through the track in Brewster's Millions in the baseball. It's kind of like that train over there that keeps ferrying logs to and fro just on the outside. It just worries me a little bit that we're cutting down New Zealand incredibly quickly. I mean, there are logs all day, thousands of them. I know. It can't be a great sign, can it? Well, no, but we could uh, talk about the, uh, the logging that devastated the natural fauna of well, this famous how, country. I've written about the mower in my piece today. Listen, before it gets published, it might well be deleted. <laughs> but I think it How long was it that people arrived here and the mower was it, it became extinct? About well, the, ma- the Maori or the, no, the European... Mower. No, the mo- oh the people or the bird. I mean the big bird, don't I? The mo- well, yes. So the, you're talking about when the people arrived. I'm talking about the the Maoris. And, and uh, yeah, or when the Maoris arrived, it lasted the mower, and there were about sixty thousand of them. Yeah, uh, but we the- nearly got killed by a mower on day one. What is about <laughs> getting killed different by this sort of mower? Oh, <laughs> comedy, 60, comedy, comedy! Sixty thousand lawn mowers here <laughs> when people arrived. Were they? So it's just the combination of being flightless defenceless and delicious <laughs> proved disastrous for the mower and I think I've compared the mower to bowlers on this wicket I can't wait for this piece although do I need to read it never see the light of day as soon as we've finished talking I might read it and go that is even by a very tricky day's play standards to write about that is rubbish so if you see this published you'll know I had no better ideas um, what could be the uh, the yin to the yang that Beautiful comedy masterstroke, but anodyne press conference moment of the day delivered by Tim Southey oh. <laughs> and Sam Curran. Sam Curran described the wicket of Kane Williams as he roared. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear him say that. How pleasing was it to get that to get that crucial wicket? Yeah, it was nice. Um, obviously, he's a world class player, so um, it's nice to say that I've got him out. But um, the main thing is we, as I said earlier, we've got their best player out and now we get into their middle order we can see this evening we had a lot of chances and kind of put a lot of pressure on them so hopefully that first hour in the morning will be pretty crucial and um, we can hopefully put some pressure on them and get into their five six and seven unluckiest of the day tim southey i mean he didn't look a happy bunny did he i mean he laughed when dean wilson said he did he lacked raw pace in the uh, post-match interviews or press conference but when jeet raval and henry nichols in fairness he was kind of put off a little bit spilled joss butler uh, to deny tim southey the honour of being the first and only uh, bowler on the honours board, which probably doesn't even exist at the moment here. Um, yeah, he didn't look too too happy, so I'd say he was quite unlucky. Yeah, that's a good shout. I definitely can't argue with that. I, I would also say Kane Williamson, just because, listen, this ball, this pitch has offered nothing for two days, and all of a sudden he gets a ball that rears on him from Sam Curran. Uh, it was so out of the blue. It was like a lottery win for England, that. So I, I'm going to say Kane Williamson. Yeah, fair dues. Um, you know, Kane Williamson approaches his batting almost like I'd imagine he would approach. He's probably plays chess. I could imagine him playing chess similar way. And I suppose it would be similar to him playing chess and then suddenly the opposing queen taking a bazooka out of, and shooting dead his, his king. Which, listen, I'm not really a chess player, but I, I think that's, that's against the regs, no? Mistake of the day.
Uh, yesterday, you came up with the point that you really shouldn't drop Ben Stokes. Mm. And I wouldn't disagree. Today, I think you could equally make the point you really shouldn't drop Joss Butler. Uh, but New Zealand have done both of those things in this test match and so, just about got away with it so far. But they just don't seem to be quite the New Zealand team or that you would expect. Drop catches, DRS reviews uh, not being taken, a couple of misfields, a bit of sloppiness. Um, so, yeah, I'd say those mistakes from day one continue through to day two. That's an interesting shout. You're right. I wonder if it's the, the, the playing area might be quite difficult for sighting. I don't know. It's just a theory. Grass banks. I, I, I don't know. Rather than <laughs> Silos, <laughs> industrial estate, mountains of salt. It has grown a bit. I, I'm quite fond of it. I, I'm quite enjoying it, I have to say. I mean, I don't think it's a terrific wicket, but I, I'm, I'm really enjoying being here. Hey, mistake of the day, Ben Stokes is shot to be out. It's a shocker. Oh, he's played a, a brilliant innings. He's a wonderful cricketer. Mm. But England should have been more ruthless there. He should have got a big 100. It's not about personal milestones, but he has fallen just short of 100. And England should have scored 400, 450. And then you're looking potentially at ensuring New Zealand, getting New Zealand to follow on. And uh, the game takes a very different complexion what did they lose four for 18 or something like that once he was out just a reminder that the game can change very quickly if you're in it's your responsibility to make it count and he didn't stay in uh, he's not the first batsman to reach 50 and not make it to 100 in this match i doubt he'll be the last moment of the day uh, well you could say Kane williamson's dismissal i'd say that's probably the moment of the day actually uh, you could say henry nichols getting sconed I'd say that's probably moment of the day. For me, though, moment of the day will be Jeet Ravel's dismissal. That was as ugly an innings as uh, I've seen in quite some time. But what was really bizarre was that, essentially, he tried the same kind of slog sweep shot against Jack Leach four times. Uh, on the first occasion, he missed the ball and should have been given out leg before wicket, but wasn't. And there wasn't, and the, pit, the ball didn't pitch enough in line for it to be overturned. The second and third were hacks that just about evaded Joffrey Archer. <laughs> and he kept going with that shot and picked out Joe Denley at mid-wicket. That was a, quite a good catch. I, I just thought it was a, a, a nonsense piece of cricket. And it was actually probably the thing I will remember f about this day more than the other two things. One of the characteristics I noticed of opening batsmen in particular, but really good batsmen, is that they tend to be greedy. Mm. And G. Ravel plays as if he's full up of runs. It just didn't seem... You would have thought on a pitch like this, he's been fielding for, what, five sessions, four and a half sessions, whatever it was. You would think he really wanted to make it pay. And whether he doesn't really have the confidence in his defensive game, whether he felt that he was scoring too slowly, he's given it away there. And he was scoring slowly. He's going at a strike rate of about 20, wasn't he? And he'd had a couple of nervy moments already. Listen, it doesn't matter how slowly he was scoring at that stage. What we know from cricket is that the longer you stay there, the easier it gets. Mm. And he needed to battle through, and he's given it away. It was a, a really, really soft wicket. I, look, I thought there have been quite a few soft wickets today because the batsmen have become very frustrated. This is why I say I don't think it's a vintage wicket because it's too slow. You know, I just think that bowlers have to frustrate batsmen and batsmen have to put up with that to, to, to ignore the temptation. Now, is that good for spectators? And the other thing is you want it to be meritocratic and actually seem one of the best batsmen in the world dismissed by a ball that's reared off the pitch. It's nothing to do with skill. It's just really bad luck. And, I, you know, day two, is that good enough? Not positive it is, to be honest, but maybe I'm just a very miserable man. Well, you are pretty miserable. That's why... <laughs> 
That's why it makes for good radio, I suppose. Uh, you talk about g- being greedy. Um, Phil Brown, the uh, photographer, he's he's keen for you to uh, join him for some slap-up food. No, so I'm going to let you go. He wants, he wants to take me to watch a film. I think it's called Jojo Rabbit. Now, I haven't seen it. I don't know what it's about. But he told me it was a sort of drama comedy about someone who lives with a Nazi and imag- they've got an imaginary friend called Hitler. So I'd, I, don't, I don't know. Never heard of him. New Zealand guys have asked me for a beer and said, that sounds better, doesn't it? Yep. Tune in tomorrow, if you do tune in for a podcast, find out exactly what George decided to do. How did he let Phil Brown down? Did he tell him the truth or did he lie? Did he make up an excuse? Did he say he was feeling poorly? He wanted a quiet I night. my hair. <laughs> Find out tomorrow, um, or find out in a couple of weeks' time when you get round to actually listening to this podcast. Uh, you can subscribe and review on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, and uh, join us after day three here at the Bay Oval. I'm Matt Monganui. Ten wickets fell today, by the way. Will we see ten tomorrow? Will this game get a move on? Will we get a result? All those questions will be answered. Not tomorrow, though, probably. Uh, you're listening to the following on podcast. See you then. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 